podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. Welcome to episode 40 of the Celtic Exchange Weekly. This is Tino and today I'm joined by James and Chris. Celtic have now managed to claim just one win from the last four league games with Sunday's one each draw against Dundee United, the latest disappointment and a poor run of results. In brighter news, however, Ismail Asoro done his best impression of a dog chase and a balloon during his second half cameo against the Tangerines to ensure the crowd at least went home entertained. James, what was your favourite bit about Sunday and why was it getting up the road to watch the season finale of Vigil? That was pretty much it, yeah. It was a get me out of here number, wasn't it? Um, what did I enjoy? The night to think about it and taking a wee step back and it's a time for calm heads but the manager's got to start getting the results on the park. Yeah, I think so. That's the name of the game. Chris, welcome back. First of all, we've seen about as much of you as your namesake, Chris Julian. What do you make of it all just now? Thanks for having us back on, Dino. Good to see you, Jamie, as well. Good to be back on. Everybody's listening in. Again, we're just obviously talking about this before coming on air. I was a wee bit, I think the last time I was here again was, there was, a, bit, was a bit of dismay and I've come back and it's a bit, it's a bit of dismayed again. You're, um, you're the problem. And that's it, common denominator here. I'm trying to be remain optimistic, right? The form is nowhere, it's, again, it's, it's, it's not good enough. It just simply isn't good enough. And that's what we need to get. We need to get this form in place. We've seen, again, we're capable of a Celtic team this season, but we need to... Go on a run. We really, really need to. We had to go on a run before even that result yesterday. October is a massive, massive month for us. So I just hope again, thoroughbred Celtic team that they can just they can get get through it. Um, and over the next couple of weeks, again, no expecting very much for coming this week. We're going to that obviously to, to tonight, but he nearly needs to get his finger out sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think so. I think consistency is key, and I think the boys carried that message uh, last week. Paddy, Miff and yourself, James. That was a whole thing. You know, results can come and go at times, particularly during a spell of transition, but Celtic really need to start stringing together, you know, a run of wins. At the moment, so the league form is three league wins from seven. That's sketchy stuff. That's, you know, early days, but it's... Managers generally don't survive that kind of form for too long, you know, up here in Scotland, so no calls of any sort for Angie's head. But I'm just saying form-wise, it's worrying. I also don't want to spend too much time dwelling on Sunday's game at United because I think there's a much bigger... Um, situation at play at Celtic, you know, there's there's so much going on behind the scenes and, and continues to go on and, and that's disruptive for all concerned but most of all for Ange, I mean, how frustrating do you think it is James that he can't be allowed to focus fully on his job just now given the, the turmoil, no CEO etc? Yeah, and that, this is where the cool heads are required, um, there's a bit of fan media space uh, in terms of, you know, your post, uh, your forums and your, your Twitter spaces where there's guys who didn't fancy Ange and they're now quite happy to get out there and see, say I told you so and you're way way too early for all that I'd posit one thing, if you were to do anything with the manager just now, do you trust the guys in charge to replace him with anyone with any class? So let's just calm down get behind the guy and let him make the turnaround. Yeah, and we'll get into this behind the scenes stuff and I, mean, I do want to obviously touch on the United game but I think that so long as we've got non-footballing guys making footballing decisions at Celtic which is the case and has been the case for some time, yeah, if not Ange who do you know what I mean? You, you wouldn't trust these guys in any sort of footballing matter. There's big questions over the recruitment and who was involved and who brought in who, given what since happened with Dom McKay. So, yeah, I think, as you say, it's time for, for calm heads there. If people at the board are starting to feel sound bites from fans and think, oh, they're wanting this guy out, they've no idea how much they want you guys out first. 
Uh, Chris, just to, as I say, go back towards the game first of all, you know, we'll, we'll touch on, on Sunday's performance and the result. Celtic did create a number of chances over the 90 minutes, so, you know, the stats will bear out. I think we had the bar three times. We've had 22 goal attempts to Dundee United's 12. We've had the lion's share of possession, as we often do at this moment in time under Ange. But, you know, ultimately we're not getting those results. But did the stats bear out that Ange set out his team correctly for that game? If the ball hits the back of the net, then yes, it does. But the ball didn't hit the back of the net more than the ones that it did. I think over the course again, just speaking over the course of the past two games, it's Celtic partner I take Ross County, um, and I mean the Ross County game as well. It's been very stagnant, and it's been again, obviously again the same the Livingston game. The Livingston game speaks for itself. Never mind the pitch situation again. Obviously the result, but it was very. I think we're quite stagnant, and I think there's a number of reasons for that. I think it's because we've not got again a team that again we need we we want to see or Ange wants to see for that reason again personnel changes um, first and foremost. In my opinion as well. I don't think we've got the engine in the middle of the park that we really need in order to actually make this work in terms of this whole kind of Ange ball philosophy, if you want to call it that, because you've got a Tom Rogic, you've got a David Turnbull in there, and neither of the two of them are going to basically be that connect from the back four going up the park, if that makes sense. That Stuart Armstrong type that I've been crying out for in terms of a few, few of my friends have been talking about it. So I feel, getting back to the games themselves, I just it's, they were missing that engine and that this smoking engine somebody in there basically to create yeah. we were talking just again before coming on air we should really record some of that stuff because ah, it's, it's, it's absolute ah, gold it's you want to hear it guys some of the, the chat but we were talking about how Celtic at the moment uh, they're lacking a real or some of the players are lacking real power so we talked about Kieran Tierney for example in terms of yes he was a quality player but he was also an athlete physically strong powerful and he really worked on his body you've seen him you know, developing and changing as a young man at Celtic uh, we were talking at that time about David Turnbull He's come in, similar position, from a similar part of the world, no less, but he's he's got a lot more work to do on himself if he's to kick on. I have no problems if David Turnbull wants to set his stall out for the dizzy heights of the Premiership, but he's nowhere near there just now. I think he's a fantastic player technically, but he lacks the power and drive to, to take it to the next level. And Tom Rodgers is the same. At times he's breaking forward against United, and it's like somebody's taking his plug out. You know, he's kind of running in quicksand, and these guys need to bring more. I feel as if David Turnbull and Tom Rogers are a number 10, right? And number 10s are luxury players in terms of you might get the ball with them at the right time to create something. You're not expecting those players to come deep to then go and create. You've got two number 10s in there. You struggle big time if you're basically trying to whether it be ball retention, breaking up play or trying to actually bring, bring play into the final third. That's where we're really struggling. I feel as if we're really struggling. There's a number of areas, but I think that's one of the prime areas that jumps out at me. We have not got that spark in there in order to basically get this going because it's just very lethargic side to side and no penetrating and we're struggling that way and, and on that very note if you are sitting in the six so whether you're Callum McGregor Ishmael Soro James McCarthy if you're sitting in that deep line midfield role and your support team is Rodgers to one side and Turnbull to the other you're going to struggle and, and less so with McGregor but we have seen Soro seriously struggling and James McCarthy to a point as well and it's kind of to be expected if that's who their, their support is Absolutely, with with those two, Soren and McCarthy. McCarthy, I think, still gets a pass to fitness and, and, and comeback uh, elements. The reason McGregor got away with it is he was looking up and seeing Turnbull and Rogic not making the moves that they're not making now and saying, well, do you know what? I'll take on myself, leaving yourself exposed at the back and doing so, but actually creating stuff going forward. McCarthy's never going to be that guy because it's just not who he is. He's the guy that says, I'm available, give me the ball. Right, who's moving? Nobody's moving. Mm -hmm. I think there's no doubt McCarthy is... You know, the water carrier, you know, the N'Golo Kante role, if you want to look at it like that way or, or whatever. And 
all going well if James McCarthy gets up to speed. I'm a huge fan of McCarthy Same. and I'm going to set my stall out and say that I think he will be a success at Celtic. I think the, the criticism and the overreaction has been ludicrous. And maybe I get caught up in Twitter at times and then seen some of the noise there. Some of it's absolute nonsense. There's a lot of Ange out chat just now and different things. The same guys who were screaming about the size of the job and the size of the rebuild are the same guys that are saying Ange out. You can't have that both ways. If you say this is huge and there's so much work to do and you've got a 25-point deficit to overhaul, you then need to allow time for that to happen. So, as I say, we'll get into the, the detail of that um, in just a moment. Going back to the United game, uh, talking about some of the finer details. So, I mean, just to look at the lineup first of all, Chris, James and I obviously covered the post-match yesterday and um, that's available just now if anyone wants to listen in. But would you have changed anything about the lineup? The one that seemed to cause a bit of a stir pre-match was Juranovic once again going out to left-back and Ralston retaining his right-back position. Did that one concern you or was there any changes out with that available to Ange? No, I would, again, that, that's the lineup I'd have for because, again, that's what you've got. When it comes to, when it's, well, think about Juranovic first and foremost, I think Juranovic's best, well, best game has been, I thought he played no bad against Rangers when mm -hmm. he played at the left-back. Um, the bowling goalie situation completely baffles me in terms of coming in um, against Livingston and completely the cold again, so that's a completely head, it's a complete head-scratcher for me, but considering what we've got at the moment, no, it doesn't surprise me at all. The only other thing I would probably mention about that is probably the situation with Liam, um, Liam Scales. I would like him to get in there and have, get, get a chance at it. When I spoke to him, apologies Liam if you're listening in for getting your, your height wrong, that's the Irish Times, I've got to say th thanks for that. But he was, he's been playing at that part, that kind of wing-back role for Shamrock Rovers before he came across. So the question to him was, what's your, prefer your, your preference in terms of position? He did say centre-half, but he said he's played there and he's quite enjoyed, or he's again, he's, he's enjoyed it. It's, it doesn't really actually make a problem actually playing the full with the kind of wing back role. So, why not actually play him if that, in terms of this Angeball route, in terms of trying to be obviously inverted uh, full backs? Why not give him a chance then? Why not throw this young guy in here? Because he came on against Strafe Rovers and I thought he actually done, he held himself quite well. Yeah. So, I'm again sorry, digressing, can I talk about Liam Skills when I'm saying that I actually when they question the process itself? But he would be the only one that I would say would have probably stepped in there for me. And it's a possibility, I suppose, Angie's job is. Can he find a system that allows him to get his best 11 players on the park? I think the 11 players that started against United were the 11 best players available. I do get the Scales comment. So James and I, as I say, we were at the Wraith Rovers, Rovers game. Scales come on and done well, absolutely. And we, and we were uh, you know, kind of glowing in our praise of him. However, he's come on at 3-0 up against 10 men. Nothing to do defensively. And he was given the chance to get on the ball and stride forward and look good. And he did look good. And all he can do is, is what you've done and, and play what's ahead of you. I just wonder if he's... Not quite ready for then going starting games where you are going to be tested defensively and different things. I hope he, he has given the chance. I hope him and Montgomery can scrap that one out. But I do think uh, Ange got the team right on Sunday. I'm going to have a look at the bench, James, and, and <laughs> tell me your comments on this. The bench on Sunday is grim reading. Scott Bain, Adam Montgomery, Stephen Welsh, who's been cast aside. Scales we've just spoken about. Beaton, who is Beaton, so less said the better. Sorrow, who's miles off it just now, and young Owen Moffat. That's a serious lack of depth for Ange. Yeah, we spoke about when signings were made and guys like Kyogo McGregor were available and we were looking at the bench and going, that's better. You know, there was a decent level of talent on the bench. We're back to what we were looking at against Jablonex and against Altmar and teams like that where the, the team, the, the bench is seriously light. I still think there's, it just sounds so bizarre because I've not been a fan of this for so long, but Beton should have been in for Soro instead of Soro. Maybe because Soro turned in 45 minutes worth of, wow, yeah. you know. Yeah, he's been miles off it. I mean, as I say, there's lots of debate, uh, you know, on, on Twitter and other places about how, regardless of what's going on, Celtic should always be strong enough to beat Livingston, Dundee United, 
hearts away and all that kind of stuff. And I think at face value, yeah, I get that. But he's also, he being Ange, has come into a, a club in a real state of flux, uh, you know, a real spell of transition, of turmoil, whatever word you want to use there. And I just think he's got a, a mishmash of a squad. He's got square pegs and round holes. And we've spoken about uh, Starfelt, for example, how he is just not a fit. And there's a whole variety of you know players around. So I, I do get that we should, generally speaking, always beat Dundee United at home. But football's not quite as simple as that. So my preference in the summer was, given the debacle that was last season, scorched the earth, get everyone out, get a new team in. And you made a very good point that, you know, it's really hard to gel 11 players, never mind 16 players in a squad and beyond that, and make success of that. And that's kind of what we're seeing. If you look to this game last year, you know, game seven last year, did you see the start of how many players started that game? No, go on. One. Turnbull. A jetty. So the, the other 10 players that were playing with him aren't there. So that that's a real challenge for any manager. I would say on the other side of that is nine internationals started for us yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, on paper again, these guys are all decent footballers, but I think the gelling them is the problem. You know, it's very hard to just throw eight, nine, ten guys in any world, you know, let alone, you know, the sporting world and, and in football together and expect everything to click overnight. See, that's the reason why I think, again, see, this is very premature, the chat about Big Ange in terms of this, a bit Ange must go type stuff, because can you talk about the turmoil? It's... It's crazy in terms of the turn the turnover that he's kind of that he's need to he's had to inherit. It's just he needs time to actually put his own stamp on it because I think it is very much square pegs and round holes. It's blatantly obvious in terms of where we play. It needs that cohesion. I keep mentioning I've said that a million times before on here. That again, it's cohesion. That's actually sign a good team, and that's just not there. And for a number of reasons, we spoke about the situation in the middle of the park. But defensively as well, you mentioned you've mentioned the podcast a few times about Starfield. It's baffling. And I would, I would actually go and take a note, though I know uh, Andy Ralston's done done well recently, but Celtic need to be ruthless at the back, really ruthless. And I'm not talking about being ruthless in terms of putting somebody into Rose Ed. You're talking about ruthless in the way you play. And for the Dun United goal, from him winning that ball, not winning it, ultimately, and that ball going in the box, Celtic need to be a lot better than that. And again, that's the reason I can get back to Keyes and the team in terms of being strong in your own positions, or being strong in your own job, basically, and we're falling way short on that, but... As I said, getting back to Ange, as I said, that's the reason why we need to get, cut the guys some slack. You're throwing stats, fright, that's frightening stats in terms of saying Ayeti. Ayeti shouldn't be anywhere near it. Exactly. Um, at the moment, again, that's the last, again, the, the, the only player that's left over from that fixture last year. So Yeah, I mean, Ange has spoken a few times. Um, he's obviously quite a, you know, he's long in the tooth and he's quite philosophical at times. He's spoken at times about the fact that he doesn't concern himself with things that he can't control, right? So he cannot control the fact that Albion Ayeti is his only available striker. He has to play him. He cannot do anything else. There's no options. There's no kid coming through the academy, which is a bigger question and not, not enough time to cover that today. But his only striking option right now is a Yeti. You know, cruel luck as well, the fact that Jack Amakis is on the bench set to make his debut last week and, uh, you know, niggle something. And the news on that is actually a bit more positive now that he may be back in contention for Sunday. However, back to it, a Yeti's the only available striker and can't control the fact that Sorrow was the only fit defensive midfielder to come in there on, on Sunday. So obviously he's missing McGregor. Cal, uh, James McCarthy takes his knock. So, so he can't do anything but Sorrow. Maybe Beaton, but, you know, toss a coin. It's toss a coin, aye. Beaton yeah. could have shown him 45 minutes of nonsense as well. Absolutely. He then can't control the fact that McGregor's missing. He's the captain. His striker and best player, Kyogo, is missing. As well as guys like James Forrest, Chris Julian, Jack Amakis, I mentioned, Mikey Johnson, Greg Taylor, Karamoko Dembele. The list goes on. So... I think, and I said it yesterday, James, I think it is only fair to judge Ange when he has had the full resources available to him for an extended period of time and anything else is just foolish for me. 
Yeah, well, you've got the second part of it is Ange came in quite early on and said, not too worried about the assistance, I'll get them to do the job I need them to do. I need science, I need scouting, I need team development stuff. And you know, Celtic have just appointed a, you know, the sports science guy now, but that's like two months too late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's taken too long to do everything at Celtic. Yeah. It's the Celtic way. They probably niggled on his wages. Aye, probably. That's my worry. That's my real worry. Behind the scenes, I know we're going to talk about it, but that is a real worry. Things like that, where it be coaching, sports scientists, the guys obviously just come in there now, scouting, scouting, director of football type stuff. We I mean, are miles. I'd, I'd, I'd go further than the wages one. There's probably somebody else that Ange wanted and they didn't, didn't want to pay for. Yeah, skip past them. It's just that, you know, we're, we're a multi-million pound business. Our turnover is huge, yet we scrimp on pennies. And, you know, that's just, it's been the Celtic way for so long. As I said before, you know, just to, to finalise the kind of, we've barely touched on the Dundee United game, which is fair enough, because I say there's a, a bigger picture at play. But it's important to look at the goal conceded. Right? The goal scored is good. Uh, I'd like to touch on Yota as well. I think he's had a good early impact. And I suppose he was the, you know, the centre of all things good for Celtic yesterday. He certainly had one assist. He could have had more had the finishing been better. He himself cracked the bar. So, you know, he's been very unlucky. But the goal we've conceded, you're right, Chris. I think over the piece, Ralston's had a good game. It's been full of Ralston stuff, right? Which is hard work, endeavour, commitment. All the raw credentials that he applies to his game to make up for his lack of, you know, skill and ability. Um, You know, he's winning corners, going into the 90th minute and stuff. And, and credit to him. But his job is to defend first and foremost. And you're right, I watched it back again today. His attempted tackle to stop that cross was really weak. Yeah. And, and I actually didn't like him because he, he, he smashed in a few tackles at different times, particularly in the first half. But he was really weak. The guys then find themselves at the byline with a you know chance to cross without any real pressure. And it's been a really decent finish by the header. But where is Starfelt on the guy in the that, middle of the goals? That's my point in that goal. You know, sometimes that can happen. The winger gets the better at the right back, fine. You know, not saying he should have in that particular instance, but it can happen. Starfelt knows there's an attack on, he knows he's got to you know, be aware, he's got to know where his guy is, and he's, what, two, three yards off him? He's he's a good few yards off him, so Carter Vickers has been drawn out because Ralston's been beat, so he, he has to go and try and block the cross, but he doesn't really get anywhere near doing that. The ball, as I say, whips across, Starfelt's towards the front post, the guy's close to the middle of the goals, smash and finish, don't get me wrong, yeah. shouldn't have had the space to do it, and you're one each. However, Chris, don't worry, because I'll be in a yeti's there two minutes later with a great chance. What happens? Talk me through it. Nightmare. Nightmare situation. You were talking about actually distances in the post match yesterday. Three yards, I think you're being kind, you know. I think it was to you know yourself saying three yards, but my goodness. Uh, again, I, I actually give, I try to give a Yeti um, the benefit of the doubt the past few weeks by, by saying that again he just simply doesn't get the service. And I believe him to be a striker, which basically just should be tapping balls at the back of the net if he's provided the service. My God, that came back to bite me in the backside. Um, oh, that's his saving grace gone. Uh, that's it, absolutely. Well, that's the thing. So he said, I don't know, four starts in a row, something like that, four or five now. And he's had a couple of goals in between that. He obviously scored an important one uh, against Betis. But he's got to be talking things like that away. It's incredible, I mentioned yesterday, it's incredible how often teams concede just after scoring a goal. Not due to ability, due to sheer concentration or lack of. And that's what we've done. But, as mentioned, we had a chance to, to resolve it and we couldn't. So... Where does this leave us? Obviously, in terms of the you know the the lie of the land and the league table, so we're ten points out of twenty one, right? Not not great reading, but ultimately we're only six points behind Rangers at the top just now. There is time to recover that and get that back back on track. It's not insurmountable, but we can't afford any more slip ups, and we know that Aberdeen's next on Sunday. So, where do you think the players will be just now? How do you think they'll be feeling about themselves, and, and what do you think the mood in the camp will be? I think that's a really important point in terms of where's the players' heads at at the moment, because. We're going to start getting players back in the next three to four weeks, you know, at various stages. You know, one will be in, two will be in, three will be in, all that kind of stuff. But if we assume nothing changes between now and Sunday, so you're up to Pataudry, 
we need to be all over these players, as in the management team need to be all over these players saying, this is just another game. We're a good team. You're a good player. Here's your job within this game. And here's how we're going to win this game, you know, on Sunday and take it a game at a time and get the players really well set for this because they can't be carrying the negativity with them. I agree. Now, as I say, I've mentioned that, you know, it's definitely a time for cool heads and there's certainly no suggestion from me, I can only speak for myself and you lads can give your opinion here, but no suggestion that, you know, Ange isn't the man and he shouldn't be given time. I think there's there's a whole bigger picture to play and he should be given much more time and probably a couple more windows to get things right. Uh, however, there has been a stark contrast between, so those early games, James, you know, we were there together at, you know, likes of Dundee, St Mirren, Alkmaar. All the energy was there, everything was going really well, there was a lot of kind of buzz and excitement and after the game it's, you know, you're staying around to applaud and all that stuff. The last few games, so between Wraith Rovers, Ross County, Sunday against Dundee United, that's gone. And actually regardless of the personnel, whether you're playing with Kyogo up top or a Yeti, there's no reason why that energy and work rate can't be there. Something's changed. That's free stuff. You know, that doesn't matter if, you know, if you're a United player, Celtic player, Hibs player, whatever. That mentality, buzz, cohesion, you know, being there for the team, that comes for free if your attitude's right. And you're, you're right, that is gone. Whether they, they've taken a collective mental knock from Kyogo and McGregor being out, I don't know. But therein lies, you know, the manager's job to not let them feel that way, to show them that, you know, this is this is fine. We've got the team to win this game. And I think Ange and the, the management team have got to you know, arrest that issue. Because have you seen and felt that decline in the, the energy levels? Uh, definitely, I think it's clear as day. But I think that comes down to personnel. I think what happens is they're expected to play one way and they've not got the personnel to do it. So the big, I keep calling him a big man, but Ange needs to take into consideration what he needs to do it in order to get a winning formula out there. Again, win, win at all costs. You need, need to win. You win every week at Celtic, that's just the way it is. You can't, again, much of these discussed yesterday, you need to be winning at Celtic. So, I just said, I think a big man needs to actually take a serious look at again what he's got in front of him and try to determine what's a winning formula with what he's got. And as I said, it's just that's to do with personnel more than anything. I think the wooden camp, I think things took, kind of took a bit of a turn again, after Rangers. And I, 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 that was always my fear that against Rangers, whether it be us or, the, us, us or them, that I would even have taken a draw against Rangers because uh, I, I just keeps the momentum going yeah. in terms of, right, we've went there and we've, we've, not, we've not been beaten. I think if we'd have beat them, again, I think the bubble would have burst at the because I don't think they're in any, any, any great shape at the moment. Still, at the moment, even though they're scraping, scraping results, I don't think they're in a very good place at the moment as well. They're a, a, a result or two away from where we're probably at the yeah. moment, if that makes sense. So, again, getting back to again, the, question, the question at hand, I think it's to do with personality and, and where Ange needs to take into consideration what he needs to get in order to get a winning formula. Yeah, there's definitely a suggestion that he needs to be more practical at times. I think when Ange, you know, goes into his office at Celtic Park or at Lennox Town and, and digs out his big book of tactical approaches. His big book of 433s. There's just option A, which is 433, and then the book ends. <laughs> there's nothing else you can, there. You can play attacking football in different formations. We're not saying go defensive or go negative. We're yeah. just saying have a bit of you know, uh, practicability. I think every single game he's played so far has been the exact same shape, whether it's Alkmaar or Wraith Rovers. See if see if that is his, if that is his, that's his blueprint and what he goes for. Right? I'm all right with it in terms of how he's going to be doing it. To a degree, right? He needs to look in order to actually facilitate that type of play. They need to have strength at the back. Right, so take Joe Hart out of the equation because I don't think Joe Hart's, again, I think Joe Hart is all right. He, Joe Hart is a good, goal, good goalkeeper, pull off a good few, a good few saves, plus a couple of open moments as well, but Joe Hart is not an issue. Defensively, my worry with Big Ange is that's his Achilles heel. Bottom would be Iranovic at left back, Ralston at right back, or whatever, Starfelt. That's really worrying in terms of there is the, again, there isn't that defensive unit, and it, it just, a defender should take pride in clean sheets 
and winning headers and tackles. Look at again, I'm just thinking back to Ayer against Rangers years ago, getting that tackle and it celebrates like a goal. You need that mentality be, to be a good defender. Carter Vickers, I like. I think he will become a good player. Starfault, on the other hand, is against square pegs and round holes. And that's what, getting get back to Ange and his philosophy, they need to get that right. They need to get it right to the back because we're really, I just, it, it just it pains me, again, for somebody that used to play at centre-half at, again, a very, very low level. But but again, even at that, again, it, it doesn't matter if you're amateur or whatever else. You know that, again, you need to do the dirty stuff first. Get the dirty stuff done first and then move the ball on. We just seem to be just concede. It just, it's very, very weak in the way we are. We need to be a wee bit more ruthless in our defensive play before we start this ex- beautiful, expansive football that the Ange Postecoglou is looking, looking for us to play. So, I, again, I get, it gets back to personality, you know, in terms of an initial question. That's what it really comes down to, I think. I think on top of that as well, you know, defences are, are what wins your leagues, you know, and, you know, solid foundations to build on. And there's also the fact that there's no consistency there. We've Absolutely. had a, a variety of back fours. I think we've played 15 games this season. I think that's the, the latest number. And there's just been a variety of changes. Obviously, kind of Taylor was your, your you know, ever-present left-back, and that's changed. Welsh and Starfield seem to be just, just about. in and out and different You've your things. mistake, I'll have my mistake. Carter Vickers has come in and done well. Juranovic hasn't played much at right back. You know, Ralston's been around. Different things. And that's hard. I think Joe Hart's absolutely fine. He's been, a, you know what? He's improved what we had and that's all you can ask. Yep. And he's, he's definitely uh, come in and, you know, solidified what we're doing at the back. But there's, there's real errors in front of him. And I think until he can get a consistent back four, now and then a guy will change in different things. But there's just too much chopping and changing and you know we could turn up on Thursday against Leverkusen with a different four could Scales come back in as Montgomery in ball and goalie Aye. as you say Chris Bartland he comes back in and starts a game and then does, is he back to Spain again is he going back in that flight to see his friend out romance? there whoever that may be so it's very strange very puzzling another point about Starfield uh, and Scales yeah you touched on him earlier on Chris is that Scales is a natural left sided centre half so you'll see it when Starfield gets on the ball it's clumsy he always has to get it from his right onto his left or or to shape the body so that he can then pop it out to Yota or whoever's on that left-hand side. And it's not very fluid. And a, a guy who's naturally left-sided, you'd be moving it on in one touch or, or, or very swiftly. And it's just very clunky. How many times when we were chasing the game against Dundee United did you see Starfelt give it to Carter Vickers to give it back to Starfelt? Uh-huh. You were going berserk and it's the last 10 minutes. So there's just no real flow about the defence at this moment in time. That is it. And, I, you know, it's still an early point in the season, but... We just need to say Starfield's not going to work out at Celtic and no one's been brave enough to actually call, pull him, it, call, call him it already to pull him out of that team. Hey, you know, making that number of signings, you're going to make mistakes. And it's we, we talked about it on Thursday night after the game against Race Rovers that, you know, it looks like a, a misread from the scouting team. You need this kind of centre half. Not got you that, got this kind of centre half, right? Four, a four point six million pound misread. That's that's <laughs> yeah. a hell of a mistake. There's a five million pound up top. Yeah, five and a half for a year. And there's a five million no on the bench in the keeper. So, you know, counting for Celtic. That's 15 million pound worth of mistakes. If you, if you take, and it is, you know, we're looking to you know, see what skills can do. As he told you, Chris, he's a natural left centre half as much as he can play other positions. We've got a screaming problem at centre half and we've got a left side of centre half on the bench who can play there and play there well. At least take Starfield out the firing line, put skills in there. I would be starting that by by Thursday. Maybe so, and maybe I've just seen that. So the, the next two lineups, Thursday against Leverkusen and Sunday against Aberdeen, will be very interesting. So again, to look at Ange and Celtic, the bigger picture. So as I touched on, we spent a lot of time last season <laughs> during what I thought were the grim ones. Turns out these are... Also grim ones. Happy days. Spent a lot of time last season talking about the mammoth task that awaits whatever new manager, you know, and or otherwise. We talked about the lengthy to-do list which he had, including overhauling a broken first-team squad, and there's no there's no doubt it was broken, and 
Years of mismanagement has led to that. Uh, the new man had to qualify for Europe. He had to compete in a league where we finished 25 points off the pace last season. He had to rebuild relationships with the fans, which were at an all-time low. He also had to oversee behind-the-scenes stuff that we've touched on, sports science, recruitment, director of football. And on that basis, how can we possibly expect to find ourselves anywhere but where we are right now you know a lot of people you know we came out of the game last night James or yesterday and we do the post match and you know feelings are running high and you're, you're pissed off and your club's not got the result you hope for that's a wee bit short term thinking isn't it you're a football fan and the whistle's just gone when you take a step back and look at the bigger picture are we not exactly where we, we should be at this moment in time yes and no there's been a lot of money spent and who was spending that money is a big question for me you know the, the chap in the athletic was giving us a bit of the, the transfer team at Celtic was involved in things like Law and one of Desmond's sons, Mackay Postacoglu. So I think that shows in the players we've got that Anne said he needed an exposition. Right, there's one there. I'll get him because you're busy doing that one or whatever. There's a lot of players that don't seem to be to be fitting into exactly what Angie's wanted. And it's not this, he's not my player kind of thing. I think Angie had the final call, but there might have been tight calls to make. You know, I need a right back or I need a left back or whatever. Well, he didn't get a left back. But, you know, I, I need a player in that position. So, yeah, I appreciate, you know, passions run high after the game and we can take a bit of a, a broader look at things. One of the biggest things for me is the hope has disappeared with Mackay going. You know, a new guy coming in, telling us he's going to start things professionally. Now, we don't know the background, and that's Celtic's fault, that we don't know the background to what's going on. But there was hope for a professional turnaround in the organisation as a whole, and that's gone for me. So that's that's a real issue that, that feeds through to the manager and the team in the end. Yeah, well, let, let's touch on the Don McKay stuff, right? So that was a couple of weeks ago now. If you'd been on holiday for a couple of weeks, so blinking you miss it, you wouldn't even have realised that was a thing, such as the, the lack of communication or information coming out of Celtic about that. As you say, James, he, he came in the this new wave of hope, this this new era for Celtic, and we're going to be first in class at this, that, and the next thing, and now he's gone. He may well have had a you know a big say and a big impact as well on signing players and who we get involved with, and he's made those decisions, and now he's away. So that's troubling itself that another regime has picked some of the players or been involved and some of those players that are now carrying our hopes forward. What do you think of the fact that, so the latest financial figures come out, and obviously due to COVID mostly, there was a, a big loss for Celtic, you know, 11.5 million uh, loss in profit, I think, something like that. But the latest financials show clearly that it's the backing of the fans by way of purchasing season tickets and merchandising that have effectively propped the club, club up during this time. Do you not think the least we can expect for during this time as a bit of communication as to what the hell's going on regarding the CEO and maybe just a bigger picture. You know, can someone come out, Michael Nichols and otherwise, and give us a, a State of the Nation address and tell us what's going on? I think that's, again, abundantly clear. Again, it needs it. The problem with the past 12 months, let's just say, like, start back last season, has been a lack of communication. I think the board have taken Celtic fans for a bit of a ride. We all, we all, know, we all know that, again, they prolonged the pain in Neil Lennon. A lot longer than they should. And then there was, again, the whole lack of communication right, right through to the, the present day. It's, again, it's been, it's, it stinks, it absolutely stinks. But this is the way that they've been doing things. And this is a concern for everybody, whether it be in this, again, whether it's here or out, again, with Joe Bloggs in the street. We're all worried about it because nobody knows what's going on. Nobody knows what the situation with Don McKay was. Nobody, no, nobody knows what the strategic thinking is of the club going forward. Is the power with Dermot? Is Peter Lowell still kicking about? This is we're all asking the same questions, and it's just the uncertainty then creates a kind of it's a bad atmosphere. We've seen it. We've seen it at Celtic Park. The kind of uncertainty and it trend. It actually then actually works its way back straight down to the team itself. So yeah. it starts at that level, but it's been like that for it's been like that for a number of years now. In terms of has this been progressed progressive kind of again decline? 
like I was mentioning his earlier on, again, three, four years ago tonight, we played Anderlecht away in Europe, which I would say was probably one of our strongest performances in the Champions League, winning 3-0 over there. I thought it was a fantastic performance, really, really fantastic performance for Celtic. In light of what we're actually seeing today, I had, or yesterday, or what's happening recently in terms of the how thoroughbred or how, again, in terms of the squad as itself. I look back at that squad because I always remember looking at that Celtic squad, I think at the time, we have got real strength and depth. I look at that squad, right, today, this morning, and we had Moussa Dembele, Stuart Armstrong, our captain Callum McGregor, and James Forrest, all on the bench. On the bench? <sighs> on Jeez, the bench. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were me these, but these were the main men, they were Aye. the subs. They were the substitutes. What would you yeah, do for that? Hold on a minute, I'm just going to get back very quickly and tell you the subs uh, for yesterday's game. Bain, Montgomery, Welsh, Scales, Beaton, Sorrow and Moffat. What, a, what speaks, an absolute incredible decline. Speaks volumes. Right, yeah. and that, that falls to the custodians at Celtic Park because they accepted that as that, if that was a thing to be done in four years. Again, it's a long time in football, right? But the majority of the players that played in that Celtic team are still playing football at some level at the moment. So, in fact, all of them are. It's, all yeah, of them are, it's ma managed decline and yep. it's incredible. James, I mean, obviously that's terrifying and <laughs> I don't know if you have a wee lie down just while you recover from that news. But looking again just at the, the current position, you know, as I'd mentioned, there a serious lack of communication coming out. So we got a, a pretty paltry statement a couple of weeks ago about Don McKay moving on. And I think there was some cheap digs in there from Ian Banker, who I have zero time for. He doesn't belong at our club. But you've also got a real lack of communication as to, OK, Michael Nicholson, is he the long-term appointment? And if so, tell us. Or are we actively looking to recruit? Can someone please tell us what's going on? That's that's a huge thing is, is communication. So yeah, you know the, the two or three lines we got from McKay, and we wish him all the best and for personal reasons, just bullshit, right? They, there's nothing from Nicholson to say I'm coming in, albeit on a temporary basis. Here's what I'm going to do. All we get is a, a really insulting uh, chairman statement from Bankier with the financial results, telling us Celtic are in good hands when it's screaming us in the face that you are not the good hands that we need. The fear I've got now with Nicholson slotting into that job as a a law general, you know, there's no harm to Michael, but he is, you know, he's, he's, he's in the law camp kind of thing. All the people who Mackay was looking at and saying, hmm, not sure as an executive, you're what I need going forward. They're now breathing a sigh of relief and going, well, my job's safe. So it's all just keep everything as it is. There's no modernisation, there's no changes. It's just, you know, stay steady, do nothing, hope for the best, because that won't work. Nothing to see here, Celtic fans, as you were. Please aye, keep giving us your aye. money, though. Aye, shut up and give us money. Yeah, it is troubling. But yeah, even, you know, as I say, if it is to be Michael Nicholson, can we get something from Michael? So he's a current exactly. CEO. You know, can he or somebody speak to speak to the fans and let us know what's going on? Because as you say, Chris, I think there is a direct impact, you know, filtering down through the club. So yes, you know, at the end of the day, players just need to come out and, and play on the park. But are they impacted by the fact that their manager can't focus at training? Andrew wouldn't be at training this morning, how not? He's in another meeting with the new CEO or he's meeting with Bankit or whatever. It's clear that Ange isn't allowed at this moment in time to fully focus on the job of getting results on the park. But see if you take a step back, right? And we mentioned it earlier on. So in terms of personnel coming in, right, and I mean the manager, is that it? I was, I was thinking about this, I was actually thinking about this while getting out running the other night. Ange Postacoglu, is that it? Is that the answer? One man. Aye, 20, One man. 25 points. One man. That is unacceptable. He, need, he needs to be coming in. And I'm not saying in terms of, again, backroom staff, sways of backroom staff and this and that. A plan, right? Director of football, sports scientists, his coaching staff. Something can you look at Brendan Rodgers come in and be like Chris Davis, Cole Toure in terms of just a bit again and then these second the people you've been, you weren't even really interested in sports scientists, you just want to know that the message was right. Do you know what I mean? It, it came with it, it came with it this time round. Ange Postacoglu and Ange Postacoglu has been only connect between 
the fans and Celtic over the yeah. past few months as well. Dom's done his, his thing, obviously try to do his thing with bringing again, obviously social media in terms of the, like, the fans interaction in as well, right? I can understand that it's a good move to do, right? But that is that, and I just find that completely baffling to say the strategic direction. You talk about again how much money we make. The strategic direction of a business entity like Celtic. That that is that is that what their general thinking is? Just like get that get get him in for the other side of the world, and he'll make it. He'll make things all right, and just I've listened all work itself out. Telling us that Neil Lennon was the only problem at Celtic last year. But that's the thing. So Miff described this uh, as Ange, you know, plug and play. Is it take out Lennon and plug in Ange and hope for the best? Because that, that's actually what they've done. As you say, Chris, it's one man. There's now a new sports science guy come in, but that's not an overnight fix. So he'll need to take a few months to implement whatever his ways are and bring in his own guys and his own ways. But at the moment, that aside, and they've also just they've made Ange the de facto spokesperson for the club. So in lieu of Bank here, can I see statements as well? Just come out in front of a camera. Aye, take go, questions. Go on Celtic TV and, and show us who you are. Uh, but I can, sorry, just to come in there, Tino, as well, when you're talking about um, Ian Bank here, right? I thought it was very uncomfortable. See, they've actually the opening press conference that introduced Dom, Dom and Ange. I thought it was awful. I Aye. thought it was very uncomfortable. And it's over it you, by a, the way. He made, he made it less of a event than it was. He got in the way. I, I, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, again, I'd not, again, it's to speak about his, his, kind of his business acumen or what his background is, but I just thought, wow, Celtic chairman here? There's, there's, no no sense, there's no sense of awareness there as well. No. Read the room. Nobody wants to, to see your face when it's Ange and Dom. Let, let them enjoy that moment and carry the can. He wanted to take a bit of limelight. Yeah, he wanted a wee bit of glory for that now we need them right now the chips are down and you need to hear from guys and I know the chairman at Celtic isn't necessarily operational on a day to day basis but somebody needs to come out and communicate with the fans and let us know and just show a bit of gravitas as you say James he's weak and Celtic are weak just now and it, you know, it looks that way and nobody's willing to take things with the scruff of the neck and as I say in lieu of that they know how popular Ange is with the fans so they're probably just saying to him you can just go and carry the message because we see Ange twice a week at the moment before every other game or whatever's going on and it's clear, you know, and he's getting asked all sorts and he's got some snidey journalists in this part of the world and he's getting asked we, you know, we feelers and different things, you know, things about Dom and people are trying to trip him yeah, up. They're setting he, traps all over the place. And he's wise for that game but it's just completely unfair that he's in that position in the first place. Absolutely. And this is the whole thing. There's no team, there's no team taking Celtic forward and I mean, outside of the, the field of play team, you know, the professional level. It's Ange and that's it. Whether they're not looking to get Nicholson, whether Nicholson's saying, I don't want this, this is an absolute hell of a job, you know. But tell us you're out looking or something, give us something to cling on to because at the moment, this vacuum, we've been talking about it for long enough with Celtic, where there's vacuums, fans will start to make up their own uh, version of events and it's just leaving us wandering. So when things aren't working in the pitch, we can go, so say things aren't working in the pitch and Dom's making all these, Dom McKay's making all these modernisation, professionalisation kind of moves, you go, okay, we can dig in for the long journey here because, you know, it's it's a long way to go. But see, we're not getting told anything. If you're short term, then we can only look at what's on the pitch right now and we need results. Well, that's it. You just want to know that as a club, we're doing the right things behind the scenes and we're moving forward. I would suspect that we're not as a first point of call, but secondly, we're not getting told that we are or not, and that's that's the bigger concern. However, to move on from that, in better news, Captain Callum McGregor has signed a new five-year deal, which will see him remain at the club until summer 2026. So the big question here is, what the hell is he thinking about? <laughs> so it's obviously great news for the club and stuff, but you know it doesn't quite marry up with the turmoil that's going on behind the T scenes. Timing's funny, isn't it? It's like the club of when we need a wee bit of good news here. There's a bit of pressure. Callum will give, give five grand extra a week. Give Callum the deal. So it's a funny one as well in terms of the, the length. Five-year deals are unique in football. This summer with some of the players we've signed, we've given out, you know... Fours and fives. Fours. Fours and fives. Mm -hmm. McCarthy, I think, get at least three. I thought it was four. four. Is he four? Yep, Joe, four. Hart, Joe yeah. Hart get three. Kyogo get four. Starfield got four. They're quite un unusual in football in general. So whether that was a Don McKay move or, or why that came about, 
I'm not entirely sure. But yeah, five-year deal for McGregor, obviously a huge positive, uh, very popular player at the club. And actually, at this moment in time, we've seen the impact of him not being around. Absolutely. Again, you miss, again, the better be ball retention, breaking up play, just by Callum McGregor being Callum McGregor. I think, again, him and Kyogo have been the big issue for us in terms of actually the way that Ange wants to play as well so great for Celtic signing a new deal not great for Celtic he's not playing at the moment again that speaks volumes as well in itself that Callum McGregor's a type of player who plays again week in week out and he's done so for years so my worry was that our worry still is that again how long is this going to what is it again this other thing as well you talk about communication he's just injured he's uh, injured what kind of injuries he got just uh, an injury type it's a mystery so you need to talk about your pal James Forrest as well Jamie but we, we don't we, I'd love James Forrest back in oh I know <laughs> um, but we're just again we don't know what's going on but again getting back to Callum, Callum McGregor no fantastic it's a good thing for the club and again bit of, bit of good news and not so good times at the moment yeah so in terms of McGregor himself he joined the youth academy 8 years of age and he's now 28 so he's had 20 odd years at the club which is incredible he's made 338 appearances winning 6 leagues 4 Scottish Cups and 4 League Cups and obviously now he's the full time skipper so hopefully he can drive us on to better things and as a I suppose it's a you know, compliment to him you know he could go and you know take his pick up not every club but he could go down south pick up a right few quid and go elsewhere so fair enough he's you know looking to you know dig the heels in and become a real I suppose a legend you know he's got to pick up you know all sorts of silverware and you know his record speaks for itself and hopefully there's far more to come between now and 2026 so fair play to him in terms of his return to the side so obviously generally speaking I'd say the sooner the better but James we touched on it yesterday would you try and rush him back for Thursday or is it more important that he's fit for Sunday? Yeah, I'll stay in my position on that one. You know, I'd always said since the start of the season, with such a big job to do, Europe's a bonus. Getting into Europe was obviously important because that bolsters the, the the money in the bank to help us keep signing players and you know making deals for McGregor and things like that. So, but no, if he was anything but hundred percent for Thursday, rest him, play him Sunday. Yeah, fair enough. I, I think I completely agree with that. I've asked the question, Chris. So, do you think? if it's at all possible, and I don't know what the options are, but do you think that Ange may be tempted actually to rest some guys to an extent on Thursday with Sunday in mind, right? And the bigger picture, Thursday doesn't really matter, right? It'd be good to do well in the Europa and all that kind of a stuff, but the focus must be in the league, particularly with the, you know, the the potential of instant Champions League qualification beyond that. And all of a sudden, we are playing catch-up. We know there's not much more margin for error. So if there are options to do so, do you think Ange should rest guys on Thursday if he can? I think it, probably answers itself in which he's not getting any other option to do what he needs to go with um, in terms of the, the personnel that he's got I'm saying that I can think about obviously we spoke about Sorrow and Beaton Beaton plays for me Beaton needs to play ahead of Sorrow I, I, that was a, a, just a, a jokey performance when coming on yesterday it was him is just absolute best I'd say, um, I'd say we, we judge Beaton a lot in the last couple of seasons based on his centre-half performances but not his centre-mid no exactly and that's his, again, his, his preferential position in terms of centre-mid so I would give Beaton the nod on Thursday ahead of him um, ahead of Soro I, can, I just think Soro's the, really again you're scraping the barrel um, there it's just it's not that Beaton's the best option he's just the least the, worst option uh, that's it mm-hmm. so I think we're, again, we're going to be restricted in terms of what we've got so in terms of is he going to be able to rotate it I probably not but again, if Cal McGregor's going to be remotely fit as well, he sits in the stand for me. Sunday is absolutely massive for us. If we can, I just hope again because the situation of kind of the monkey in our back with regards to the away away record at the moment. Let's just go and get the the, the victory at Petodre and move on. What happens on Thursday night? Happens on Thursday night. Listen, the Celtic Park it will carry us basically again in terms of just being Europe. That's if if that, if that makes sense. We might not necessarily, we might not necessarily win, but. It'll be a different type of game than the games we've seen with Ross County, Livy, uh, Dundee United. So, aye, I think it needs to be a case of resting Carl McGregor 
nobody else basically mm. I mean the flip side of resting guys against Leverkusen is you could take an absolute bleaching and then you're really demoralised if you get beat I don't know four, five, six at home the squad at the moment must be feeling a wee bit fragile you know they're getting a lot of questions asked of them so yeah you could rest McGregor and others but what would the impact be of taking a down and then heading up to no, I, t- I totally agree with you but again, again it's a different type of game the Leverkusen game people want to be involved under the lights in Europe and these type of games as well so you find that extra and that's they shouldn't need any extra encouragement to play with Celtic but again you know you know that yourself when you see players playing in the kind of European nights as well you might actually see a Celtic team hopefully be galvanised I, I find it unlikely probably with Thursday because I think the Leverkusen are a very very strong team but you just never know you can maybe find that kind of extra couple of percent in terms of bringing players on so I think Thursday night takes care of itself one way or another whereas a bleaching or not I just think they're getting the biggest game of the week is obviously Pataudry on Sunday yeah completely Agree with that. You're looking at McCarthy and Juranovic coming out of that team from yesterday, so what, what really are the options for rotation? <laughs> well, that's it. Ange hasn't had his troubles to seek, and then you, you lose another two guys. I think with Juranovic, it's hamstring, so he might be ah, unlikely. Four, six weeks. With James McCarthy, it's, it's more of a knock, so he's maybe get more chance, but you just don't know. And I think Ange is living minute to minute just now in terms of checking who's fit and who's available, so that's a challenge. Another side story, which is definitely going to be interesting, is the return of Jeremy Fringpong to Celtic Park. James, I mentioned yesterday how terrifying it would be. The thought of him in full flow running against any of their fullbacks at this moment in time, but it will be interesting to see him uh, in the game on Thursday. The other um, big hitter just now for Leverkusen is a wonder kid called Florian Wurz. I think he's 18 years of age, tacking midfielder, breaking all sorts of records. Listen, we know they're a good team. We've seen them cuff Rangers in you know, recent times as well. Uh, they're a very decent outfit. So, you know, it is going to be a really tough game for us. As Chris said, you know, it's... European football at Celtic Park under the lights you know there's an atmosphere that the players should be feeding off of and it's really just you know show us what you're made of a wee bit you know go out there give an honest account of yourself and no one will give you a hard time if you you know do anything much of what you've done the last few weeks it could be pretty hairy um, I think there's quite a febrile atmosphere between you know the, the amongst the fans at the moment in terms of what, the, the level of dissatisfaction primarily directed at the, at the board side of things so for Thursday yeah hold it steady Play your game, don't get a doing. Don't get a doing. That's my I mean, advice. Yeah, I think on that note, you would accept a defeat, but a defeat where you're going down fighting. You know, Aye. you're not scrapping and, and showing the right attitude. So, yeah, absolutely. In terms of Sunday at so in different circumstances at different times, a drop at generally isn't the worst result. But given where we are at this moment in time, it's got to be three points or bust, isn't it? Must win. Must win. And I think it all could galvanise us. Terms of going forward as well, because if we go there and we win at our weakest, then it's only going to stand as in good stead when we're at our strongest over the next few weeks. October's a massive month, a, ma- a massive month, sorry, put my teeth in, in terms of Easter Road, Pitodre, I believe, Park. for Park as well. Um, that's massive, it's absolutely massive for us, and it just feels as if, again, this is the game. I talk about how we have went the other way, again, since what happened at Ibrox, this, is the, this is, could be the game that kicks us, hopefully kicks us on. But it's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy. It yeah. really isn't going to be easy. No doubt. So the good news is that Jack Amakis may be fit for this one. You know, his he's scan has shown up better than they expected. So that's good news. The bad news is I think Soros fully fit for <laughs> Thursday and Sunday. <laughs> so we'll need to see <laughs> how they, they play out. James, it's obviously been a you know a long emotional episode. We've covered a lot of stuff there and, and bigger picture things. But what's your final thoughts on things at the moment? Players are coming back. You know, we've had our, uh, not other problems to seek on the, on the injury front and they're starting to come back. You know, McGregor's touch and go. Kyogo should be, you know, just after an international break. So that's uh, a, a good place to start from. But we need to look at the guys who've got the jerseys just now and say, come on, you're a, you're a Celtic player. You're getting paid X thousand a week and for the management to, to pull them together. The issue for me at Celtic, what kind of dominates my thoughts is definitely more at the board level and what's the longer term thinking here. Well, the lack of thinking as it, as it may be on, on the 
pitch, we've just got to start turning things around. Yeah, absolutely. Chris, it's been good to have you back on today and I, I know you'll feel better for getting it all off your chest. It's cathartic if nothing else, but what are your hopes at this moment in time? Oh, it's good to get back to actually get it off my chest because again, it's been lingering for... <laughs> it's getting worse and worse. Personally, I'm going to be a wee bit pessimistic. Right? I'm saying about galvanising Sunday and hope they do turn it around, but my, my genuine feeling is it's going to take us a couple of weeks before we get back on top of this. And I think what will happen is we will go on a run at some point. And that's when we we can see if we really kick on. So I think we're going to really struggle over the next couple of weeks, going by basically what I'm seeing in the park. But all it does is, again, football is a fickle game. All it does is take one one game, one result to galvanise the full team. So I hope that happens on Sunday or Thursday night. Sunday preferably, more preferably if I had my choice, obviously. But I think it's going to be a tough month, October. And again, I think we need to just try to stick with it as much as we can until we get the key personnel back in, really kick us on. I think so. And the lads covered last week, I think as long as we can stay in contention, yep. and that's quite troubling that we're not even yeah. finished September. But if we can stay in contention up until that window in January, then that would be, you know, a, a pretty decent position and you'd probably accept I that I would take now. 10 points, then. That, that's From that. 12? I'm not sorry, I would take 10 points going into the January transfer a window. 10 point deficit. Deficit. Ah, I'm, a bit, I'm never, telling you, I'm, do you know what? You know, I, thought, I, I'm, I thought you did a really decent show there, and you've just gone and blown it right I'm, to the death. I'm <laughs> telling you, by the way, the kind of the fixtures for run up that we've got at the moment, I think we're going to. It could get, it's might need to get worse before it gets better. But the, the fixtures do turn in our favour in November. Uh, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. the reason why I think we could up. we could go on a run at that point. I just again, I'm looking at it. Again, I'm just being very pessimistic when I say that. But wait and see what happens at the end of December. Fair enough. Everyone under the desks. Yeah, and let's see how that goes. So the Celtic roller coaster rumbles on with Bayer Leverkusen and Aberdeen the next two stops on the track as we look to head into the international break with a bit of optimism former Celts Jeremy Frimpong and Scott Brown will be doing their best to prevent that as will current Celts Ismail Asoro and Albina Yeti Morning, kidding lads calm down so let's see where the week takes us my thanks to James and Chris for joining me in today's show and as always our thanks to you for tuning in if you're enjoying what we do please help us to grow by sharing this episode far and wide and by subscribing and reviewing wherever you get your podcasts we'll be back on Thursday with our final whistle show after Bayer Leverkusen but until then thanks for listening Podcast Network.